Welcoming you back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Publisher Brendan Slaughter here for BeaversEdge.com. Joined by Beavers Edge recruiting analyst Dylan Callahan Crowley. We're coming to you guys here in uh, early January, uh, January 10th. You're recording this on a Wednesday as we've got a whole bunch of Oregon State uh, football recruiting and transfer news to get to. Uh, a lot of kind of setting the stage, gearing you guys back up. Dylan, it has been a crazy couple of weeks. I mean, it really feels like in a way we've all kind of just been like going a million miles an hour since that other coach left and went to Michigan state. We're not going to talk about him. Uh, but since then, I mean, we had a little break for Christmas, but it's been go, go, go. And you got to credit uh, Trent Bray and his staff will obviously dive into the nuts and bolts of it, but they've, they've been doing work on the recruiting trail, Dylan. And, you know, time will tell how good each and every guy fits and all that, uh, you know, ultimately comes to be, but you know, that narrative that existed, you know, at the end of the season, like would Oregon State be able to get recruits with the uncertain future and the this and the that and all the excuses you heard, Trent Bray and his staff have very quietly gone to work, got some decent dudes. And, you know, you and I have talked about it when we um, talked a couple weeks ago when the Oregon State landed their two quarterbacks and Giovanni McCoy and Jabari Johnson it it really seems to me like they're getting guys, you know, we, we kind of called it the money ball class of sorts, but it seems like they're getting guys that maybe aren't the highest recruited, but have in really high potential, high ceiling. Uh, are you kind of seeing that? And what's kind of been your thoughts uh, since we last talked as they have uh, really been, you know, looking to fill out this roster in many different ways. Yeah. I mean, oh, first of all, I think uh, they've been doing a, a pretty good job considering all the circumstances in the transfer portal. A lot of these guys, you know, are going to probably end up being more depth than anything, but you still have picked up impact guys like uh, a Kobe Singleton out of Liberty. Mm. I mean, that's one of the top cornerbacks in all of uh, the transfer portal this year and, and the Beavers are able to land him. But yeah, I, I think, I think that they've picked up quite a few high ceiling guys, though. Uh, will they hit those high ceilings? Remains to be seen. But I thought they've been doing a really good job here over the last few, uh, really last, what, it's been about the last two and a half weeks. We've seen a sure. little bit of another surge here. We saw a surge before the holidays, yep. a little wide there around the bowl game, which was expected. And now we're seeing a little bit of a second surge here. As you know, uh, classes begin on campus. So, I mean, most of the transfer portal stuff we uh, we're gonna see here this uh, portion of the offseason is probably complete. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not sure when you know the ad drop portion of the schedule for Oregon State uh, is uh, this week, but I'm sure it's coming up. Uh, yeah, here soon. Um, so probably seeing the last of the transfer portal guys for now, but. There's going to be the spring as well, post-spring practices that they're going to add to the roster again there. And we're probably going to see some attrition down yeah. the road there as well. Uh, because, you know, with the new staff, two new coordinators, you know, quite a bit of new people all around, uh, there's going to be a lot of evaluations to be done here this spring, which guys are going to fit what the coaching staff wants to do, which guys are not going to fit. I think on defense, a lot of those questions are probably uh, – to degree already known, but offensively, there's probably a little bit of a more evaluation that has to be done on that side of the ball. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, obviously lots of exciting news for us to get to Dylan and some guys that came in via the portal during that stretch that you and I have covered that we really want to talk about and we will, but like everything else, Dylan, it's like in life, right? 
got to start off with the vegetables. Eat the vegetables, get the bad part out of the way. And since we last spoke, three more beavers entered the portal and decided to pursue their careers elsewhere. Uh, Silas Bolden, Tanner Miller, and Sione Lolohea uh, all entered the transfer portal after the bowl game, which, Dylan, when you and I talked, it really last. It really seemed like if you had asked me if any one of those three guys would have entered after the bowl game, I would have been a little bit surprised. Tanner Miller is the only one that has since chosen, and he also was going to East Lansing. Happy, ha- happy trails. Happy trails to Mr. Miller um, to an extent. But uh, Silas Bolden and Sione Lolo, hey, are still out there. Uh, Dylan, you know, I'm not sure if you kind of kept up at all. Silas has reported some pretty impressive offers. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't – this is one of those really tough things where, you know, I don't particularly love how – Jonathan Smith handled his exit, but I won't blame a player for looking to get the best situation for him in a given situation. Uh, I think coaches are a little bit different, but as far as players, like this is nothing new. And um, while I, it, it definitely stings losing both Anthony Gould and Silas Bolden, most of your receiver production, tossing Josiah Irish, who was a senior this year, you lose all three starters, really. Um, that's tough to swallow, but at the same token, you know, like I said previously, you can't – I don't blame Silas with based on – I mean, Texas, I mean, he Arizona, Washington. Yeah. I mean, yeah. offers – I just can't blame him. Yeah, you're going – I mean, you look at those uh, – you look at Texas, Washington, USC first, and, you know, USC, USC, uh, like – you look at those three program, four programs, and they've all shown a history of production of the wide receiver program with their coaching staffs. Sorry, wide receiver position with their coaching staff. Sure. USC, you know, who knows who USC's quarterback is going to be next year? Probably Miller Moss. But at the end of the day, Lincoln Riley has had three Heisman Trophy yeah. winners uh, at the quarterback position. There will probably be they'll probably be just fine at quarterback. They're going to throw the ball a ton and. You can't blame him for looking there. And, you know, Washington, we saw what they did. Yeah, they'll take a step back next year. Not that this is going to be any of Oregon State's problems anymore. Sure. Um, But, you know, they're going to take a step back next year, but that's still a huge passing offense. Texas, you know, has Quinn Ewers returning, a bunch of other guys. And then Arizona, uh, Jed Fish has done a great job with that program. Yeah, it's unfortunate that the Beavers have lost uh, Bolden, but at the same time, I I don't think you can – like I said, you can't really blame players for wanting to look out for what's best for them. And, you know, sure. if, if Silas had questions about what the quarterback level of play was going to be, what the offense was going to look like next season, sure. and he wants to get to the NFL, yeah, it, perhaps, yeah, maybe looking elsewhere is going to be uh, uh, best for him. But I don't think this is one that anybody, like you said, to really have any hard feelings about. It's sure. unfortunate, but uh, – Players do have to look out for themselves, especially in a time like this where there's just so much uncertainty even after, you know, a coaching staff comes together. With all that, I'm curious to get your take on this. How much of Bolden's decision, Dylan, could have been because this decision did come after Jordan Anderson signed and announced that he was going to enroll early. So that's one piece of it. And then the second piece of it, um, we haven't heard a whole lot on Eddie Freeoff, but I, I would say we still probably expect him at some point. Malachi Durant, again, based on everything we've seen, he's not the one out of the not yet signed who I expect to leave. Um, 
I think Martin Connaughton is kind of the one who's kind of up in the air, especially with the Michigan State vision that, that he's got. But Malachi Durant obviously knew Jabari Johnson really well. They had a relationship. How important is it for the Beavers, Dylan, to obviously have Anderson coming in, but then potentially get another guy like Durant who could also compete for playing time now that, like I said, you're bringing back Jimmy Valson and Zach Card with quality experience next year at that receiving court. It's thin. I mean, there's guys there, but guys that need to prove themselves. Yeah. I, so if I, if I'm correct, with your first thing, you know, bringing all this town to the wide receiver position, I I don't know if really affected Bolden too much in his decision, just because sure. he was going to be, he was going to be the leader of that room. Uh, yeah. He was going to be the guy, number one wide receiver for the Beavers. I don't think anybody was really going to push for that this year, but um with that being said, with all the other guys, I do think the Oregon State wide receiver room is going to be in a good spot yeah. in 2024. I wouldn't be surprised if fall and spring they go out and get a wide receiver out of the transfer portal just to add to that position. They added to most of the offense uh, this offseason. They have had on the offensive line and running back, um, yeah. a quarterback, obviously. So I wouldn't be shocked if they go out and add a wide receiver in the transfer portal in the second portion of, you know, that second window, just because in this first, first window of the transfer portal, it, it is so hard to really nab any sort of impact wide receiver uh, because everybody's looking for wide receivers. Everybody always right. wants wide receivers. Um, and it usually the good ones are going to come with a nice asking price. And that mm-hmm. really narrows down the list of programs that can land those guys. So I, I do think with Oregon state, they're going to have – they have a nice score there right now. You mentioned some of those guys. But I wouldn't be shocked if they go out in the transfer portal, add another wide receiver to the mix uh, yep. for the fall, uh, fall and spring practices here. But I think right now Oregon State's in good hands at that position. Um, and it's, ultimately it's going to come down, obviously, to the quarterback spot too. Can whoever is the starting quarterback uh, make the throws that are needed? Uh, yeah. Surely that's needed. Um, though, of course – wide receivers also are going to have to get open. But I think the guys that Oregon State has at that position have shown their abilities to consistently get open uh, yeah. this season and before. Uh, of course. And then the last thing we got to hit uh, on as well, and obviously, as we mentioned, uh, Silas Bolden obviously yeah. entered the portal. It'll be very interesting to see where he ultimately lands. Again, some big offers. Uh, Tanner Miller, uh, pretty safe to say I don't think that needed to be a recruitment for how quickly uh, he announced he was uh, going yeah. up to that um, that town east of Lansing and um, you know uh, obviously that brings us to the most recent Sione Lolo Heo Dylan he that caught me by a bit of surprise I, I, I understand that obviously his true position coach in Leahy Soinoa is obviously now at Michigan State but with every kind of defensive guy it kind of surprises me a little bit because I think there are some defensive guys who have kind of been like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go for Trent Bray. And, you know, perhaps, you know, this is a situation where Sione Lolohea is, you know, looking to find some financial benefits and sure. again, don't blame him. But like, that was another, like when you strip it all away, Dylan, and you're like, yeah, Oregon state's going to bring back one defensive starter most likely in Jaden Robinson, if Jaden Robinson yeah. it comes back as we expect him to. But again, uh, you're talking about a, a fifth year, six year corner. Uh, you never know how these, how these things work. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a defense that's going to look a whole lot different next year, Dylan. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, we've seen most of Oregon State's efforts. You mentioned the second late surge has been on that side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you put it really well. I mean, it's it's going to look like a whole different defense out there next year. Just And, and there's going to be a step back. Like there's yeah. going to be a step there. Uh, it's it's hard to replace that many people and not take a step back. Sure. Do I think do I think it's gonna be a terrible defense? By no means. I still think it's gonna be a good defense for the Beavers. There's still plenty of talent on that side of the ball, but uh, they had a really nice group on that defense side of the ball last year. But when you're placing that many starters, it's gonna take a step back, and that's that is okay. Oregon State should still be able with their schedule next year compete to reach you know that eight nine ten win mark. Uh, mm-hmm. In my opinion. Uh, but yes, on the defensive side of the ball here, we have seen Oregon State um, really. Sorry, we've seen Oregon State really attack that defensive side of the ball and the trans portal over the last couple of days, weeks or so. Here, um, I mean, they they landed. Uh, let me see if I can find the full list here. Obviously, the tracker. Uh, and if you want to see everything that's gone on with the Beavers, be sure to head over to OregonState.Rivals.com, Beavers Edge. Dot com to check out our transfer portal uh, movement tracker or just off-season movement tracker, I should yeah. say. We, everybody who's outgoing, everybody who's incoming, we have it all there. But, yeah, you look at what they've added here over the last couple days in the last week or so. Uh, Kobe Singleton out of Liberty. Uh, Tavita Pomo, you, you know how to pronounce this one more po- than me. Pome, yes, Pome, Pome yeah. Yep. From Oregon. Sai uh, yep. Vadrali out of Cal. Yep. Taiji uh, Hill out of LSU. Uh, and then they also picked up, uh, or they saw the return. Welcome Jan- back. <laughs> Jan Griffin yeah. on the offense side of the ball. Uh, I, I know, no, no, no you know, shot a jam here, but I'm not sure if there's anything that says college football more than uh, right now than a player going to f- four schools in four years. And, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's three, but hey, Georgia you know, Tech, Oregon State, yeah. Mississippi State, you know, it's, sorry, Mississippi, it's, Oregon State. Yeah, it's definitely, it, it. like you said, it sums up the transfer portal now. And, and you know, TJ Matthewson, fellow writer at Beaver's Edge, also works for KJO. He texted me right when that happened and we were talking about jam and I was like, you know, just on its merits, Dylan. Like when I texted you a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago, I'm like, do you really think Jam will come back? You're like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, well, that would be quite interesting. So, I mean, let's call a spade a spade, Dylan. He had a great backup year with Oregon State in 2022. You know, yeah. Oregon State fans loved what he brought. You know, he probably loved his production, all that. Again, call a spade a spade. He gets a fat bag from Ole Miss. Does not play hardly at all. So riddle me that, Mr. Kiffin. And then now he's like, well, I guess I might as well go back to where the grass was green, right? So, I mean, like yep. you said, one of the coolest, most unique, like explain to someone who's been like away for like a decade, this is what college football is now. Yeah, it, I mean, if, if you went into a coma and woke up <laughs> now, I mean, this is a much different, different sport. Yep. Uh, but you know, I think Oregon State now has picked up 10 guys in the transfer portal. Seven of them been on the defensive side of the ball. It's absolutely been where their focus has been this uh, offseason, and it's understandably so uh, because, you you know, you look at the offensive side of the ball, you, you answered your questions at the quarterback position. 
You got Damian coming back, a running back. The wide receiver position should work itself out. Uh, the offensive line, we'll see how that goes. You do have to obviously replace quite a few pieces, um, but they've addressed part of the offensive line in the transfer portal already. Uh, right. They can still do it. They have some guys coming up in the, in you know the ranks on the offensive line as well. But the defense, I mean, you're replacing like a ton there. Now, I will say they they do have a lot of pieces there that we still think are going to be really good pieces for them going forward. Um, Isaiah Chisholm flashed yeah. quite a bit as a freshman. Uh, Nico Taylor is going to be a guy I expect to see a bigger role in 2024. Yeah. Uh, you got Andre Jordan. You got Melvin Jordan. Um, yeah. You got I Tyrese. Think, uh... I think I think I think Olu Amatasho too, the transfer from Wyoming, who didn't really yeah. crack the depth chart this last year. Right. Um, he's a guy that's definitely going to be in that mix as an edge rusher with Drew, Drew Chatfield and uh, John McCartan, obviously graduating. Yep. You mentioned uh, kind of where they where they moved, and uh, uh, definitely a couple things I want to get to that you mentioned, Dylan. But yep. uh, some of the folks on the damn board at BeaversEdge.com have actually mentioned offensive line, and I'd be remiss if I didn't, you know, kind of talk that through with you uh, at this moment. Obviously, losing Tanner Miller, we talked about that. That's yep. that's a loss, right? Tanner yeah. Miller was versatile. He could play two, three different positions on that line. He was good, um, all those things. And again, hence why that other guy up there wanted him. But yeah. all that aside. And, and it's it's a bigger loss even when you when you consider the compound effect of the other guys you're losing on the offensive line. Right. And again, you you know, you just figure that, you know, what you've graduated and whatnot. The good news for Oregon State in that regard, Dylan, is again, we talk about their first transfer in the transfer portal, uh, portal excuse me, Van Wells. He's yeah. a guy who will probably be competing for a starting job right away. And I could also say the same thing about uh, Gerard Christian Lichtenhan as well. Both those guys played a ton of football at Colorado. And then you add in the fact that you're going to get a Grant Stark back from this last year. And, you know, while having – it would have been much better to have four guys if you add Miller in that had starting experience. Three is still better than none. And that's where I think, you know, those two guys from Colorado, you know, pretty key in this instance for Kyle Devan and, and that move. And your point – do you think we could see them look at more offensive linemen post-spring, or do you think that they're pretty happy with guys like, you know, I'll just throw out some names, guys like Flavio Gonzalez, who will be back, um, you know, Dylan Lopez, Nathan Elu. We obviously saw Jacob Strand and Tyler Morano start a tackle in the bowl oh. game. So do you think they're internally confident, or do you think that they'll kick the tires and maybe try to find one more guy with Miller gone now? I think it depends how spring practices go. If they see enough potential there out of the guys they got in the transfer portal and what they already had in the system, I, I think they may be content. Uh, sure. But if, if, if there's still a question mark, I, I think they that most definitely could attack that uh, area again in the uh, in the portal. And you know, it it really people are going to look at it at Van Wells and Christian uh, Lichtenhan and you know think. Uh, or Jared, Jared Christian Lincoln and uh think, you know, they're coming from Colorado, the worst offensive line in all of college football last year. Why should, you know, Oregon State expect anything uh, there? But, I mean, it, the problem there is that Colorado just threw the ball just so Yeah, they did. They did. Season. I mean, it was it was Dion, let's get my son ready for the NFL. Good deal. And, I mean, come yeah, on, right? I mean, I mean. 
Jared Christian Lichtenon recorded 581 pass blocking snaps last year. And he, he had his struggles at that. Six sacks allowed. But I think, you know, Cod Van is, is a up and comer at that offensive line position. He worked at Michigan when Michigan yep. was, you know, had some of the best offensive lines in all of college football. Uh, before this year when Washington won it, they won back-to-back Joe mm-hmm. Moore Award uh, awards for the best uh, offensive line of college football. Uh, so I, I think there's plenty of promise, especially Van Mellis, Christian Lichtenhan. I think that's going to be kind of the the X factor there. Uh, Good point. Can he I agree. take a step forward? Because, I mean, he did allow 39 pressures last year according to Pro Football Focus and six sacks. I don't think he's as bad as those numbers – Say is just because it when you are an offensive lineman, those you know next to you are going to affect your level of play, and you know th- that entire offensive line outside of Van Wells kind of struggled when it came to yeah. pass blocking in general. Sure. So I I think it's like a compound effect there with the struggles overall for Christian Lignon. Uh but yeah, I think in the spring, depending on how everything pans out of that position, they may choose to reattack the offensive line, maybe yeah. add another piece. Uh, but for now, I think they're they're probably content with what they have. Sure. We'll talk about uh, the two uh, defensive backs and then obviously uh, the two um, um, 2024 uh, JUCO commits that we'll touch base on as well. But I want to talk about the beef on the defensive line, Dylan, most particularly – Ty G. Hill, who you just wrote a story about what he's going to bring to Corvallis. And then obviously uh, Tavita Payome, who comes from Oregon. I mean, it looks to me like Hill is more of, you know, can be kind of either or at six foot three, 288, as far as an interior or edge guy. Payome, yeah. 318 pounds as a redshirt freshman this last year at Oregon. You know, you That's combine nice. both those guys with uh, Ami Lange from Houston in the first round yeah. of uh, recruiting. They got some nice beef down there on the defensive line, Dylan. And again, going back, losing Sione Lolohea, losing both edge rushers, Golden, Rawls, um, Hodgins, and Tavis Shippen. I mean, again, some internal depth. You can kick up the ladder, but like, yeah. like we said with the whole defense, a lot of work to be done there. Yeah, and you you would imagine Lang, Lange and uh, Pome uh, both more project to one tech uh, type defense tackles there just sure. to kind of fill, fill in uh, the space and stop that run game. But Taiji Hill is somebody that I'm really just intrigued by yeah. uh, before moving on. Uh, just he is on the smaller side, 6'3", 288, but he has, he does have a burst to his game. He does have a quickness to his game. Mm-hmm. And he didn't play a ton for LSU this past season, 60, uh, 73 or overall 73 snaps, but he had, I think, three quarterback hurries this season in like mm. 40 snaps, which, uh, all things considered, really isn't bad. Uh, because if you, you know, if you uh project that over a you know, a starter's amount of reps, he's he's racking up 12, 15 pressures, which for a defensive tackle would be tremendous. So, I do right. like the beef that they've added in the middle of that line, stopping opposing run games. Is, I mean, if you can stop an opposing run game, uh, you make the the secondary yeah. job a lot easier, um, in my opinion, and I think everybody would agree. And then you can go to the secondary where they've added some high potential. We we mentioned Kobe Singleton. I I think that's going to be a tremendous pickup for yeah the uh in the portal because uh, he was 
tremendous for Liberty. 42% uh, completion percentage allowed this season, four interceptions, 12 pass deflections. Right. Um, so, so, but yeah, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question directly. <laughs> no, you did for uh, sure. But yeah. uh, I definitely like this beef they're adding on at the defensive tackle position. But I mean, we, yeah. I didn't even mention a guy like Nick Norris who, right. Who we mentioned a couple weeks ago. Sure. Yeah. Who he's a little bit on the, the bigger side for a defensive end, but still probably projects as an edge rusher, but yeah, uh, could definitely be somebody that uh, if needed, it could probably slide in a little bit uh, here and there uh, to get maybe a little bit more uh, pass rush pressure from uh, inside if needed. Sure, sure. And obviously, I'm curious to get your thoughts on those two DBs. Obviously, Cy Vedrale, uh, the third, um, just a freshman year at Cal. He's probably more of a build him up for a couple of years piece rather than play right away. But again, I haven't yeah. seen haven't seen him. Need to see him, obviously, in spring practice. Then Kobe Singleton. You know, Dylan, it's kind of interesting to me because I'm curious to know who was kind of the lead guy in his recruitment because Kobe Singleton, before he went to Southern Utah, just right up the road, well, I shouldn't say right up the road, Pasco, Washington, but within Nearshot, right, grows up here in the Pacific Northwest, goes to Southern Utah, then goes to Liberty. I'm curious with new defensive coordinator Keith Hayward having such a defensive back background, um, and then obviously Anthony Perkins having, you know, a solid acumen in recruiting. I'm just kind of, and then Trent Bray perhaps too, when he was recruiting the area, even, um, is it a stretch Dylan to say that Kobe Singleton could be the most impactful guy out of this list of portal guys day one? No, I think that's, I, I think it, I mean, quarterback, maybe one of the quarterbacks, I should say that is one will start. But yeah, I, I think he's the most I, I think he's the most impactful of these guys. I think this is a guy yeah. that's gonna go to the NFL here uh in the near future as well. Uh so I, I don't think that's a stretch by any imagination. Okay. I think he's by yeah, I think he's by far the best portal pickup for Oregon Ooh, State this this uh season. And that's I like not, that's not a slide at any of the other guys, but you're you're talking about one of the best cornerback transfers in the country. Uh, we don't have him ranked right now in the rivals rankings. Uh, all our uh, national guys were at the all-star events yeah. the last two weeks. Uh, we'll have but, them coming up. Yeah, we'll have them coming up. But um, let me uh, see if, if I can go back to uh, here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, 42% completion percentage allowed this year by sure. Singleton. Uh, 29 receptions on 69 targets, 347 yards, only allowed two touchdowns. Four interceptions, a, a ton of pass deflections, like we said. This is yeah. a guy just he's just a history of production at the position uh, as well, which really stands out. Um, he will have to improve his run defense uh, or his support in the run, I should say. Sure, but I, I, I think, yeah, he's by far the best pickup for Oregon State this season, and he has shown the ability to slide into the slot if needed as well, which uh, could be something to watch going forward if they need him to, but uh, he'll probably most likely project to be that, you know, that boundary yeah. uh, cornerback for the Beavers. But uh, no, yeah, I, I think by far he is the best uh, pickup for them. And like I said, history of production, he has yeah. nine receptions over three collegiate seasons. 
he allowed a lot. He's allowed a lot of touchdowns in his career. Six were that first season with Southern Utah, and he has five in the last two seasons combined. So this is a guy who's shown yeah. consistent improvement, uh, and I think he's gonna he's gonna be in for a big season with the Beavers next year because this is a you know this is a Beavers defense and coaching staff that has now returned a, a chunk of that that has shown um, the ability to develop cornerbacks and right. uh, people in secondary players in secondary in general into legitimate NFL talents. Right. And, and again, like you said, all the, you know, the, the, the connections and I, I'm just curious because I think we just the way that he was hired the, the last and came from the Raiders, we haven't like heard a whole bunch from Keith Hayward yet, but I sincerely believe he's one of Oregon state's best recruiters, if not maybe their yeah. best, the second he's got there. So sure. that's certainly a part of it. Um, Dylan, real quick, going back to the defense. <clears throat> and one thing I wanted to mention when you talked about having to replace all their production, if you were looking for something positive, and again, you talked about uh, Kobe Singleton, his ability, and we'll get to the other two um, late ads, 2024 to close out the podcast. Is it the worst thing, Dylan, that you're completely resetting the table when you consider, and again, this is just one metric, but use your eyes. And at times it looked that bad out there. Dylan, Pro Football Focus had Oregon State as the worst tackling team in all of college football. 133 out of 133. And it wasn't even that close to being 132. Like, it was historically bad. So maybe wiping the slate clean, you can try to get back to what you were the year before. Like, it just, it really didn't fit with what we'd seen from Trent Bray and his guys, you know, playing under him because they were not anywhere close to that bad of a tackling team back in 2022. Yeah, they had more missed tackles than they had assisted tackles this year. 170 missed tackles, 165 uh, uh, assisted tackles this year uh, for Oregon State. Now, if you want the good news, court Pro Football Focus, <laughs> um, I, I'm looking right now at the top missed tackles. Um, you know, Easton was there. Uh, Sion was up there. Ryan Cooper, Achille Arnold, uh, Oladapo. Um, Jane Robinson, Calvin Hard all finished with uh, more than 10 missed tackles, but there is also a little bit of a trend amongst uh, those uh, in that uh, a good chunk of those guys are not returning. Yeah, they're gone and they're gone. So um, they, they'll need the young guys to tackle better, but uh, <laughs> yeah, their biggest offenders in that are you know are deaf are not no longer going to be here, which um, yeah. Obviously, Take it as like, you will, right? They would like to some of these guys uh, to return. Obviously, like Sion, uh had nineteen missed tackles. Wow, that's he missed surprising. on thirty, almost thirty-four percent of his tackles this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Easton missed on sixteen percent of twenty missed tackles. I mean, he, a guy racks up eighty tackles. He had a nice season, but if you're missing twenty, I mean, how many of those twenty missed tackles eventually led to a touchdown? Like, right? It, it's a fair point. So. So while, yeah, they definitely have to improve on tackling, I think tackling's going to be the number one thing they look at this season, uh, this offseason. I, I also think that, uh, you know, some of your biggest offenders are gone. So perhaps there's a – perhaps the young guys will be a little bit more uh, – Sure. – sound tacklers. 
Yes. And then obviously, you know, uh, with that point, Dylan, you know, as we uh, get ready to uh, close out uh, the Edge podcast, appreciate everyone uh, tuning in for this edition as Dylan and I are breaking down uh, the recruiting class where it stands, pretty much bringing you all up to speed since uh, we last spoke of around the bowl game. But uh, last couple guys that I want to touch base on, uh, Dylan, is obviously uh, the two guys that joined in 2024 as a part of that late add and starting with, you know, Aiden Sullivan, the inside linebacker uh, from Butte and then obviously, or from Butte College in California. And then the super tall six foot five safety um, in Jaheim Patterson from Kilgore um, College in Texas. Just tell me a little bit about those two guys. I know they were not necessarily like at the forefront, but seemed to be guys who had solid offers from other places, especially Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh... Sorry, uh, was uh, reading a message from uh, a source. Uh, yeah. No, you're good. Um, but uh, Sullivan, uh, let's start there because I did catch Sullivan, as you mentioned. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cal, San Diego State, Washington State, and Wyoming, those are some pretty nice uh, offers for Sullivan. And that's a guy, uh, Juco prospect, 82 tackles last year for uh, Butte Community College there. Um, 19 and a half tackles for a loss, three and a half sacks. High history of production at Butte should be somebody who can step into that linebacker room for the Beavers. In, projects to be an inside linebacker and be, yep. if not a starter, be a main rotational guy there at linebacker. And I think that's a really nice pickup for them. Somebody who's going to be able to make an impact right away, provide some veteran, uh, a veteran aspect to that room. Sure. Um, and then I guess you also asked about. Um, Jaheim Patterson. Patterson. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it has to be the tallest safety I've ever seen, Dylan, if, yeah, that, six, if that's accurate. 6'5", <laughs> 205. He says he's going to play defensive back, but hey, if that doesn't work out, uh, he can easily move right down to linebacker. Uh, yeah. He still would be pretty tall for a linebacker. But <laughs> yeah, uh, another guy where there's been a history of production at the Juco level, 35 tackles, mm -hmm. three interceptions uh, in his uh, sophomore season uh, for yeah, – um, uh, Kilgore, so two years, same with uh, um, uh, Sullivan, Sullivan, yep. Um, so yeah, I, I like both of those uh pickups for uh, the Beavers. Patterson should be able to step into that safety room and provide uh, he looked on tape really good, so we'll see what he's able to do at the next level, but should be able to provide some good depth, uh, if not potentially become a starter at that safety position down the road. Yep. And, with Sullivan, I do wonder if they took Sullivan because of the Anthony Jones situation, decommitted from the Beavers, reopening his uh, recruitment out of the transfer portal. So I wonder if that played a role into there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like those two Juco pickups for uh, the Beavers, say the least. Both guys should be able to come in and make an impact here in 2024. Definitely. And, and again, two guys who were late ads, but as Dylan mentioned, you know, guys, you know, particularly – um, you know, Patterson Kilgore is a good community college, right? They put up some good talent. They put in good talent before. Then obviously, you know, Butte College is famous for being where Aaron Rodgers went. So Butte College is not obviously uh, a slouch either. So I'm excited to see those guys get in and obviously, you know, mesh with some of the other guys, you know, um, you know, like a guy Reese Goodman, who I think is going to be a, a really good player for Oregon State and you know, I think back as we close out the podcast again, big thanks to Dylan Callahan Crowley for joining me to what Trent Bray said after that first signing period, when he said, we need to look at quarterback, we need to look at tight end and we need to look at defensive back. And in my opinion, two of those three are done. I think yep. they've done very, I mean, or close to done Dylan's reported. They're still in the mix for 
Baltimore DBs. Make sure to check that out at Beaver's Edge. But I think now we're circling in on tight end. That's going to be a position to watch over these next, you know, few months and even spring, post-spring, because I think that's still an area Oregon State's going to be looking to get some depth. But nevertheless, stay tuned to Dylan and I. We will continue to bring you guys uh, the latest here at beaversedge.com. Dylan and I will also get back to doing podcasts a little bit more regularly now that uh, I got through the uh, the winter blues, known as a little bit of a sickness, and uh, working through all that this winter as well. So we'll uh, definitely be back with you guys soon. Uh, stay locked to beaversedge.com for all the latest Oregon State coverage from Dylan and myself.